I think Bill O'Brien did what he could. You know, I, I've talked to Bill. He's a great dude. Uh, he didn't want to be general manager. You know, I don't know why people seem to be leaving that out. He was basically thrusted into the position and was told, if you're going to make it work, this is how you're going to make it work. So he didn't get a pay raise, didn't sign a contract. Uh, it was just, uh, here you go. Everything's on your plate. And he had somebody in his ear and Jack Easterby that I, you know, was a part of all the moves as well and yet seems to come away from this unscathed which I think is unfair too. But, you know, Bill was in too deep. You know, he had a lot on his plate. There wasn't much he could do. You know, he's offensive coordinator, head coach, you know, general manager, and, you know, everything else going on with COVID. You know, it was just a, it was, it was turbulent times. You know, I don't think the effort will ever be in question. I think everything he did, he thought he did what was best for the team. That's James from the Texans Unfiltered podcast. On Monday, the Houston Texans fired head coach and general manager Bill O'Brien after the team's 0-4 start. The pressure certainly was mounting on O'Brien after his controversial trade of elite wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals back in March in what many perceive as daylight robbery. Was that the tipping point for O'Brien and the franchise? With three quarters of the season still to go, can the Texans turn it around with Deshaun Watson under center? I'm Anthony Wilton, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hey, James. Hey, what's going on, Anthony? How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, how are you? How are you feeling about this week? Because your team's 0-4, but it looks like you've got rid of the problem. Yeah, uh, you know, I think um, after the Vikings game, you know, that evening uh, to that morning... I think there was a sense of uh, a lack of optimism uh, for the fan base and, and, and even upon media. Uh, and then, you know, you had his press conference that morning. And so you didn't think that there was really going to be anything happening. And then, um, you know, here it comes. And then out of nowhere, it's just boom, you know, Bill O'Brien's gone. And, um, you know, a lot of people are making a lot of, you know, the timing of it and things of that nature. You know, um, I think it was a right move at this time. Uh, you know, we are only a quarter through the season. And, um, you know, I think if you're going to make a change, you got to make it now to where you can potentially salvage the year. Yeah, especially when there are seven seeds now in the postseason. And like you say, you've got time on your hands. You can look ahead and you can turn this around. I mean, if you take care of your division and then the rest will take care of itself. So we'll talk about the future in just a moment. And, you know, the future starts within the division against a team that the Texans have owned in the Jags but it was interesting on Monday because we got the news conference from Bill O'Brien and then an hour or two later we got another news conference from Bill O'Brien saying thank you very much he did everything that he could and away he goes do you believe that he put everything into it do you believe that he did everything that he could both as a GM and as a head coach because he made some pretty questionable decisions most recently, the one back in March. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think Bill O'Brien did what he could. You know, um, you know, I, I've talked to Bill. Um, he's a great dude. Uh, he didn't want to be general manager. Uh, you know, I don't know why people seem to be leaving that out. He was basically thrusted into the position and was told, uh, "You're if you're going to make it work, this is how you're going to make it work." Um, you know, he didn't get a pay raise, didn't sign a contract. Uh, it was just, uh, "Here you go. Everything's on your plate." and uh, you know, he had a little bit of, uh, you know, he had somebody in his ear and Jack Easterby that I, you know, was a part of all the moves as well, and yet seems to come away from this unscathed, uh, which I think is unfair too. But you know, Bill was was in too deep. You know, he had a lot on his plate. 
there wasn't much he could do. Um, you know, he's offensive coordinator, head coach, you know, general manager, and you know everything else going on with COVID. Uh, you know, it was just a, it was it was turbulent times, and um, you know, I don't think the effort will ever be in question. I think everything he did, he thought he did what was best for the team. Uh, and, and you know, up until this year, the players have always felt that way. Uh, even JJ said it yesterday. You know that he always had felt like he had um, that he you know, had the best, he always had the player's best interest, mm. never changed. And, um, that t- so, you know, he had a lot going on. I don't really know what else he could do. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you know, when the same voice is being heard over and over and over again, and you're hearing the same slogans and the same, uh, you know, the same mottos and all of that, you know, as a player, you, it kind of gets dull and boring and you stop listening. And I think that's what ended up happening. Do you think that, because you've got such a stud at quarterback and there's somebody there who has got the potential that can take this team to the Super Bowl and he was given that huge contract just before the season. And, I mean, you, you look at the surprise, the, the surprise Zoom call that they put on the Texans for Watson. And it was fantastic. He had his family moment. He had his college head coach. And it was, it was, it was really lovely. It was genuinely nice to see. And Bill O'Brien was there and you got a nice family feel about that occasion. And you saw the reason why you're saying Bill O'Brien is a, is a great guy. He's he's a nice dude. It, it, It came over in that, but because they've got this quarterback, Deshaun Watson, we witnessed him here in London, almost 12 months ago when you guys, funnily enough, played the Jags and, uh, and you beat them and he put on a show. Do you think because you've got that, you've, you've got this, well, I don't want to say window, but you've got this opportunity with that guy under center. You think that also kind of persuaded the powers that be that to think that, Hey, we've, we've got to do something here. We've got this guy. This isn't quite working out. We've got to bring somebody in because we can't lose this opportunity. I mean, I think that that really, if you just look at things, I think that's really where it all started. Um, I really think that that was really the biggest thing for them was just you have Deshaun Watson. You have the future is bright, really, no matter in what direction you go. And, you know, the future can be brighter with Deshaun and another play caller. And, you know, Deshaun's put the team on his back since he's been here. Uh, but he hasn't gotten a lot of support. You know, he did have hop, but like outside of that, even, you know, during the hop era, it was really just DeAndre Hopkins. There really wasn't a lot of opposites, right? Will Fuller was always hurt. Uh, there never seemed to be another guy that could step up. I think Bill had the idea that, um, you know, with Cooks, Fuller, Stills, Aikens, um, you know, that Randall Cobb, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, I think he felt as if the weapons were around him um, to be able to be successful and it not have to be all on Deshaun. Uh, but the one thing he missed was just simplifying the offense and making it easier for Deshaun. And, uh, you know, the future is extremely bright. And mm. Deshaun is a top five quarterback. So we're going to see it. And I, I expect to see it this week. I really I really do. I, I think you're going to see a lot of nice things from this team moving forward. Can they make the seventh spot? We'll get into that when we talk about the Jags and other things. But um, the future is bright. And I think coaches are going to want to look at this job. Hey, next up on the show, we're going to be talking about fantasy football. One of my questions to our fantasy guru is, what do I do with Brandon Cooks? And you as a Texans fan, do you expect to see Brandon start cooking? Because last week he had three targets for zero receptions and zero yards. And you look at his numbers this year. I know he's been a bit banged up, but 
you're left scratching your head. I mean, I was watching some of that game last week and wondering whether he was on the field, and he was on the field. Yeah, I think with Brandon, um, you know, he – look, Deshaun loves and trusts Will Fuller. And with DeAndre God, Will Fuller is going to be the guy that takes the targets, and he's going to be the guy that gets the ball. Uh, but we have to hope that with this new offense with Tim Kelly and, and with Tim Kelly calling plays – you have to hope that, you know, all of them can get going. And that's the goal. And so, I mean, I would look, especially against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, I think Brandon Cooks has, has the opportunity to have a really big game. Uh, I, I really do think Deshaun's going to try to take advantage of the situation and really show that, look, I was being held back. We tried. We did what we could. I supported him. But now it's time to open up a playbook and really give me some things to work with. And, and I think that's the expectation. So, I mean, I would expect Brandon Cooks to be heavily involved in this game as well. Uh, when you have two speed guys like Fuller and Cooks on the outside, it's going to be very hard for you to – uh, to defend you know opposing defenses are going to struggle you're going to have to play cover two you're going to have to drop both safeties and that just leaves open in the middle of the field open and those two guys are going to get their targets and get their catches Brandon Cooks also hasn't really uh, separated a lot you know this year from from his you know from quarterbacks and defenders I mean he really hasn't shown what he's shown in the past and so you have to wonder if you know maybe he's just not that guy anymore um, but we've also seen once already the season that he can be so you know it's going to take some time. I, you know, I don't know if I would start him. I'd maybe put him in my flex. But, yeah. Um, I, I think I think he'd be I think he'd be a good flex option. Uh, he's firmly on my bench, I think, for this weekend. I'll see. Well, we'll we'll see what happens uh, this week, and then uh, we'll move on, James, with uh, Brandon Cooks. But yeah, he's he's got a spot on my bench. I mean, my team's four and zero this season with him in it, and he played. Oh, you're good. I started him last week. He got zero points, but I still got 140 points. So, I mean, it's all thanks to. Dak mainly I think but uh, hey that, that that seems looking after itself so it's alright we're okay I think I'll uh, start him on the bench and I'll let the uh, the big guys roll this weekend like you said you guys are facing the Jacksonville Jaguars in an all AFC South encounter this is a matchup that the Texans have owned they're 14-4 and against the Jags since 2011 now during that time there are only a few teams that have dominated oppositions between 2011 and, uh, well, now, what is it, 2020, isn't it? The, the Patriots and the Jets. The Patriots own the Jets. They've won 16 of their matchups in that time period. And there are a few of the Patriots have owned the Bills as well during that time period with uh, 15 wins. And then we got, yeah, the Texans, 14-4 and four against the Jags. And the Jaguars' four wins came in 2013. They're 2-0. And, oh, and in 2017, 2-0. and oh. So there you go. The arrow is pointing up, my friend. Yeah, I think, you know, look, uh, if there's ever a get-right game, it's this one, right? Um, you know, we, we have owned the Jags outside of the 2017 season when they had that dominant defense. But outside of that, I mean, the Jaguars have never really been a problem for us. Um, I think Deshaun knows that. I think the team knows that. I think they know that they're they're struggling this year as well. Uh, you know, they surprised the Colts in week one. But outside of that, they really haven't shown much. And I think this is a get-right game. This is a game where the momentum builds. I think this is a game where uh, everybody starts to buy into, um, you know, the system. And, you know, the weight being lifted off their shoulders with Bill O'Brien being relieved of head coaching duties. You know, there's there's a lot of leaks coming out right now uh, regarding kind of the tension within the building, within the practices. It seemed that players and coaches were kind of walking on eggshells or thin ice. And, uh, you know, I think all of that being gone, when you look at this matchup and you just look at it from a personnel standpoint, this Texans team is more talented than the Jaguars in a lot of different phases, including defense, which has been the really the, the crutch of this. I mean, this, this team has been bad on defense, uh, especially in the run game. So um, 
this is the perfect matchup for the Texans to really get going and and really start to think and believe again, which is really what they want. You know, Romeo said a lot of good things yesterday talking about energy and attitude, and you could see it over the last two weeks on the bench. Nobody was having fun. Nobody looked like they wanted to be there. Expect that to change, and if that does, you know, there's going to be some some things that happen on Sunday that everybody's going to be like, okay, this is all they needed. Um, and uh, then they start to, you know, it's one game at a time mentality. You know, this is the same team that in 2018 started off 0-3 and rattled off a nine-game win streak yeah. in the playoffs and won the division. Uh, and when you look at the schedule, you know, there's a good chance that that, that could happen again. Yeah, the Texans, like we said, have dominated. They dominated the last four meetings against the Jags with four wins at a combined 79-25 scoreline. That's a plus 54-point record in the last four meetings alone against the Jags. So if ever you wanted a get-right game, this is the one, like we have discussed. So we've got Romeo Cornell as the interim head coach. Where do you see the Texans going from here? It's going to be somebody who's going to be brought in to work with that quarterback, isn't it, essentially? Um, you know, I think I think that that'll probably be the most likely outcome. Um, you know, I'm not one, you know, this is kind of the way I look at it. When you have a top five quarterback, um, I don't think you need to have an offensive-minded coach. I think you need to have a smart head coach that puts the right offensive coordinator in a position to succeed with Deshaun and fits Deshaun's skill set. I'd like the Texans to go with a defensive-minded coach moving forward. Um, when you look at this defense, it's it's you know there's there's not much talent left. How many more years does JJ Watt have? There's guys that need to be developed, and with the lack of draft picks next year and cap room, you really have to look for a guy that's going to be able to come in and de- and develop these players and turn this defense around. The offense should be fine as long as Deshaun Watson's at the helm. So just give him and provide him a smart uh, offensive coordinator uh, that he can work with, and you should be fine. But if you're going to win in this league, you're going to have to have to you're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to slow down the Chiefs. You're going to have to slow down the Ravens. Mm. And as we saw this last Monday with the Patriots, the Patriots slowed down the Chiefs. And that had they just had a quarterback, they would have been able to likely beat them. Uh, I think the Chiefs scored 19 points. I think it's the first time in three years uh, that they scored under 20. Um, and so, you know, when you look at defenses, you know, or when you look at championships over the last 10 years, outside of last year with the Kansas City Chiefs, usually it's been because of defense. And uh, and I think that that's the route though I would like them to go. But to kind of speak to what you were saying, um, I do think that there's likely a good chance that it's going to be an offensive-minded guy, uh, especially after what Deshaun went through, making sure that he's comfortable. Um, I don't expect Dabo Sweeney to be one of those guys. I know there's a lot of talk of that. Mm-hmm. There's college uh, leaks that are happening. Um, but yeah, I mean Eric Bieniemy, uh, Brian Dabble up in uh, in uh, Buffalo, uh, maybe Lincoln Riley. Uh, there's a lot of options, and uh, hopefully, you know, they. Uh, um, Cal McNair mentioned that he, you know, he's starting the search. He's hiring a firm to do it, uh, and that he's looking to hire a general manager first, and that general manager is going to hire a coach. So it looks like we're taking the right steps to become a, a regular uh, franchise again, and, and really, that's all we can ask. If things are looking towards a, a rebuild, do you think there needs to be a rebuild with the Texans? We've got the trade deadline coming up later this month and if they're going to be down there at the bottom are they going to be looking perhaps to trade away assets to get some of those high draft picks because they haven't got one in the first two rounds have they no they don't and, and when you look at this team you have to wonder is there a, a player outside of jj watt that could really return that mm. right um you know bernardrick mckinney maybe a third or a fourth uh we're not, zach cunningham's not going to be touched bradley roby's a key instrument on this defense and and is needed he's the only good corner we have until Gary and Conley gets back. Um, and then when you look at offense, right, uh, Duke Johnson was, you know, we need him, we need David. 
you know, the wide receiver, sure, you could trade Kenny Stills, but you'll probably get a third or a fourth. Uh, there's really not a lot on, on, on the roster that, that makes you feel comfortable that you'll be able to return, get the return you're looking for to be able to make an impact. But they could be looking to kind of, you know, wholesale them off, right? Uh, maybe get a couple thirds and then turn those into a second or a first or or something of that nature. Um, Whitney Merciless has been underperforming all year. I know he had two sacks this last week, but if you look at the film, uh, those were really on him. That was because JJ, you know, did what JJ does and freed him up. So, uh, you know, a, awful contract for Whitney Merciless. You have to wonder if they find a way to get out of that. Um, and like I said, Bernardrick McKinney. But really, there's no other pieces on this defense or on this offense that you can really move. Mm. I mean, is JJ Watt something that you want to consider? Um, you know, he's the guy that got Bill O'Brien fired. Is that the guy that you really want to send out? And about it prior to O'Brien, about you know, he's on the decline. He's turning thirty, uh, but he also just saved the city of Houston from Bill O'Brien, and I think the entire city knows that now. So, um, you know, he's probably the only player on the team that you can get a first-round pick for. And uh, you have to wonder: is it worth? losing J.J. Watt for a first-round pick when you know the impact he makes on the field and in the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is Mr. Houston, as you said. And we talked about Deshaun Watson, and, and rightly so, and, and how he can hopefully turn things around. You'd be looking at him to make an impact this weekend against the Jags. But also in the defense, you know, Houston, they've had, well, they've not had a takeaway in five straight regular season games. So that's for this season, the final regular season game of last season as well, which is the longest active streak in the NFL and the longest such streak in franchise history. Why do you think that is? What do you think's gone wrong on that side of the ball? Well, you know, a couple things, right? Uh, a new scheme, a new defensive coordinator, they're moving players around quite a bit, um, and and they haven't been able to stop the run, which is really one of the biggest things. You know, teams come in and they know they can run on them. Uh, they're not giving up a ton of passing yards, and they're not giving up a ton of passing completions. If you look at the quarterbacks that we've played, there there haven't been a lot of pass attempts, and that's because a lot of time they're either playing it from you know uh, while they're ahead, or two they're just gashing us on the run. Um, you know, against this Jacksonville Jaguars scheme, I would expect this will be the week that we really start to get the turnovers going. Uh, they're a team that is, you know, while Gardner Minshew seems to be accurate, um, he does have moments where he he just kind of flings it and uh, it goes in the wrong way. Uh, maybe not this year, but in years last year we did see it. Um, you know, a rookie running back. Um, so I, I would think that this will be the this will be the week where we see the defense start to put it together. I I said at the beginning of the year I don't expect this defense to really be clicking on all cylinders until after the bye. New scheme, new players. There's just so much going on. Uh, no, no training camp, um, and it, it's really a weird year to implement a new defense and a new offense. Uh, you got to give these guys time to gel. And, and one of the things that JJ talked about this last week was really just getting back to the fundamentals and and, and the basics of the technique. And that's one of the things that Romeo is going to be focusing on a lot this week. So um, you also have to wonder, you know, how much was Bill O'Brien holding back Anthony Weaver from calling a defense that he wants to call? You know, everybody's focusing on the offense and Tim Kelly and Deshaun Watson. But, you know, if he's handcuffing the offense, what makes you think he's not handcuffing the defense? And, uh, you know, Anthony Weaver and Bill O'Brien got into it last week or, or the week prior to the Steelers game in practice, and J.J. Watt also stepped in. So you have to think that there's, you know, really going to be some different things that we see from this team. Anthony Weaver's a really smart guy. And uh, the defense hasn't underperformed based on expectations, but they have in the sense that when you look at, you know, the scoreboard and, and, and the 0-4 record. Um, but they've done some good things at times, and I look back. I look forward to them really just returning back to the fundamentals and the basics. 
and, and get things going. So, James, from Texans Unfiltered Podcast, you're sounding confident ahead of the Jaguars game this weekend. How do you foresee the remainder of the season? We've got three quarters of the season still to go. Well, what kind of numbers are you looking at in terms of a, a, a finishing record to 2020? Yeah, you know, looking at... You know, I, I think we beat the Jaguars. Jaguars really bad. Uh, I don't think this is going to be. You know, we see it every year when a, when a coach gets fired, the team comes out the next week and at least puts up one good game. Um, and if you're going to do it, it's going to be against the Jags. Uh, <laughs> I expect the offense to really look, you know, really good and really crisp. And then when you look at the rest of the schedule, right? You see everything that's going on with the Titans right now. They're basically trying to ruin the NFL uh, 2020 season um, by you know their COVID outbreaks, and we play them the following week. Um, and so, you know, two back-to-back division rival games. Then we go to Green Bay. Green Bay's clicking on all cylinders, so maybe that's the game we lose, or maybe that's the game that we really show what we're capable of doing. Um, I, I would I would say we'll probably lose that game. But anyway, so you look at the rest of the schedule. You have the Bears, the rest of the division, the Lions, the Bengals, um, and the Patriots. Look, this team could go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Uh, Some are saying 10-6, and six, uh, losing to the Patriots and the uh, Green Bay Packers. And if you do that, you have to wonder, are they going to win the division again, dude? And and would it and would it surprise you if they did? Because one of the things that you know I've been looking at, and I've done a lot of research over the last couple of days, is when you look at teams that have fired their head coach midseason, none of them have had top five quarterbacks. All of them are usually in the search for quarterbacks. This is the first time in a while that I can say that an interim head coach is taking over a team with a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who also has weapons all around him. Now it's time to use them. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this team at least makes the seventh seed. Uh, and if they did win the division, that would be somewhat surprising with the Titans already starting at a 3-0 record. Uh, but everything going on in COVID land, right? You have to wonder, what is that going to look like? Team, you know, The NFL is talking about forfeiting games potentially and things of that nature. So um, it's going to be very interesting. I expect them to make the seventh seed. Uh, and that's solely because of Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you what, if that happens, then you need to give the guy the keys to the city alongside J.J. Watt. Before you go, how are things down there in Texas? We've seen fans in the Cowboys stadium. We've seen them at the uh, Texans stadium as well. But how's the, the COVID situation where you are? I know you're in Austin. Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, Texas isn't the smartest state when it comes to taking things uh, serious and, and really, um, you know, hunkering down and trying to uh, eliminate some of the issues that are going on with COVID. Um, you know, they all think that they can do whatever they want. I think people are starting to wise up now. People are starting to be a little bit, you know, they're starting to think a little bit more about uh, what they're doing and, and how they're approaching it. Um, you know, it, it's getting better. Um, but, you know, I'm more on the um, reserve side. My kids are homeschooled. We're all working from home. We're not going everywhere, and I, I think Austin, probably more than Houston, based on what I've read and heard from friends, is, is taking it a little bit more serious. Liberal city, uh, Houston, on the other hand, is a hot zone. It's it's not doing well, um, and um, you know they really they're really struggling with COVID. It's a hot spot, has been for the last four months, and uh, it doesn't be it doesn't look to be getting any better. Well, if you want to risk it, I saw on the team's website there are still tickets available for the Jags game this weekend. So, And I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about it. Oh, man. As Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit, my man. But uh, look, thank you, That's right. <laughs> James, from uh, Texans Unfiltered Podcast. Good luck for the season ahead. And who knows? Maybe we'll hook up in January if you're in the postseason. Hey, let's put it let's 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 put it out there Mark for the it in the diary. It's gonna happen, right? And Not then hopefully next year we'll get you guys back in London as well. 
Oh, it was supposed to happen this year from what I heard, but uh, it looks like something happened, and I'm assuming it's probably COVID-related. But, mm. um, but um, yeah, absolutely. And, Anthony, it's great great always talking with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I always love coming on. So, yep, you ever need me, just, you know, I'm a text away and uh, keep up with all the success, and we'll talk soon. Top man, thank you very much. And, hey, guys, if you want to check out the Texans Unfiltered podcast, you'll find them at your favorite podcast provider. I guess the arrow is pointing upwards. The only way is up. I guess the only further down they can get is losing to the Jaguars this weekend, which is a team that they have owned, as you heard earlier, with a 14-4 and record since 2011. Sounds like James is very optimistic that they're going to continue to do one over the Jags. Yeah, Jags have beat the Texans since 2017. So we'll see whether Gardner Minshew can roll into Houston on Sunday and pull one over them. Exciting times indeed. It's funny, isn't it, how sport works. You go from the depths of despair to eternal optimism through the firing of a head coach or manager, depending on which sport you're into. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Transatlantic Sports Show. You can follow us on Twitter at T-A-S-S underscore UK. We're also on Instagram. Check us out on Instagram because that's where we put our videos. I have my pounding ground and hopefully you took part last week, my weekly treble to help you win a few quid. It came off, so you would have made a nice profit off your £10 bet if you had a go last week. Check it out for this week. And also, we have our fantasy football advice, our 30-second sell. Myself and Andrew Jordan give you one player who isn't, you know, your RB1, your wide receiver one or whatever, but somebody who we think that you should nail into your fancy football team this weekend. That'll be up soon. Actually, coming up soon will be the week five fancy preview with our fancy guru, Andrew Jordan. We'll be looking ahead to the slate of Sky Sports games and week five and also have a look at that waiver wire for you. So we'll be back very soon. Hit subscribe if you don't subscribe already. Give us a rating. Make it five stars because it'll help the sponsors and we can get more great guests for you. And don't forget, I'm Anthony Woodson. You can follow me on Twitter at A-R Woodson. That's W-O-O-T-T-O-N. Until next time. 